You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, it is so good to be with you today again as we look at another beautiful truth from God's Word together. I want to encourage you to share, subscribe, whether you're listening to this in a podcast, share it with a friend, text it to someone, or live on YouTube. Uh, Follow our YouTube channel, subscribe, share it to another friend. We want to continue to point you to Jesus through His Word. And today I want to talk about how you are sealed in the Holy Spirit. Uh, From Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, uh, it says this, In him, speaking of Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Today, I want to talk to you about how you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and this beautiful implications of that, uh, the beautiful implications of this beautiful truth that the Holy Spirit is with us and he seals us as believers. Now, this text says a lot. We're going to break it down as we always do. Uh, The text says that we are sealed uh, upon salvation in Jesus. We do need salvation as human beings. I hope you know that. Uh, It is true and that we need this repentance and believing in Jesus. Through repentance and believing in Jesus, uh, we actually receive great blessing and benefit. Paul, in chapter 1, verse 3, right before this text that we just read, he would say that God the Father has blessed us as human beings in all spiritual blessings through Christ. We get true blessings through Jesus Christ. And he's breaking this down and giving us these implications, these truths before he even says, hey, live for God and do this and do that. He's saying, this is what God has done for you. Uh, And this is important for us to remind ourselves uh, over and over and over again, spiritual blessings. Our salvation is through Jesus and grace, and it's not based off our own efforts, but based through faith. Now, Ephesians chapter 2 actually addresses this in verses 8 through 9. Actually, verses 1 through 10 talk about it. But this is a great verse that many people have memorized, and I would encourage you to memorize this verse. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one could boast. And so we don't boast our brag as Christians in our own efforts and our own abilities, but we actually boast and praise God for him and what he has done, the work that God has done for Jesus came to save uh, people like you and me from our sin. And you know what? We had a debt, a record of debt, uh, a price to pay because of our sin, but Jesus paid that debt on the cross. And so we can boast, we can praise God because sin, it it separates us. It's the rebellion against God. It's in our nature and it separated us from God. But Jesus, man, he became our sin and he gave us his righteousness as we repent and believe. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, this theologians call it a great exchange, full atonement was found in Christ. And so Paul is reminding us and he wants us to understand that, hey, when you heard this truth, this gospel, and when you believed in it, repented and believed, you were saved. Let's remind ourselves today, there actually is truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ is real. It's Almost unbelievable because we are so desperately wicked, horrible children of wrath, the Bible says, but yet God still loves us. He still cares for us. He didn't give up on us. He forgives us. God has spoken to us through his son, who is truth. Now, whether people believe the gospel or not, whether you believe in truth, 
there is truth. God is reality. And it negates, it doesn't negate the fact that what God says goes. Too often we put too much value in our own efforts, our own ability, our own thought process, but God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there is truth. And we live in a day and age right now where people, they have a hard time saying things are actually true. Well, with the Photoshopping and with the, the fake media and fake news and how do we even really know? And it's okay to have your opinion, but your opinion isn't, isn't really truth. It's just a, an opinion. No, God's opinion is final. There is truth. And, um, God is real. Okay. This is not the case where God just gives you an opinion and you have the equal opinion. No, whatever God says goes, whether you receive him or you reject him, there is a reality of the word of truth, the gospel that you must either reject or accept. Uh, when I think about this reality of truth, I'm reminded of the words from the apostle John. Uh, it's harsh words, but it's also encouraging because we could know this. John 3:36 says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. But whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Remember, we're saved from something, from our sin, from the punishment of sin, from the wrath of God. And whether we believe it or not, there's consequences. So if we believe, the Bible says that we have eternal life. If we don't, then we're still stuck in our sin, in the wrath of God to come. But just because you ignore something or reject God's truth doesn't mean it isn't real. You need to understand that this is important for us. This is why we as believers, we need to actually preach and persuade people uh, with the gospel, teaching them and telling them to repent or to turn to Jesus because all spiritual blessings are found in him. There are idols that we make of our heart and the realities that we fall, uh, fall for and get deceived by the enemy. But listen, God has spoken. He has given us truth. And this truth is good news. And there is spiritual blessings found in it. And we are saved from our sin. This is good news. Everyone needs salvation. And we need to be preaching this good news and this truth to everyone. We all need the forgiveness of sins. That's what the church is. The people of God is just a group of sinners saved by grace that have turned from their sin to receive God's grace through faith and we boast in him. The Bible would say that all fall short of the glory of God and Ephesians 2, 3 says that we're children of wrath. And this is why John the apostle would also write this in 3 John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth because when we walk in truth when we respond to the gospel and what god has said as our reality and repent and turn to him and believe by faith man we are forgiven and this text says we are sealed by the holy spirit because as we respond to the gospel of jesus and worship him we're saved and the spirit makes us spiritually alive sin no longer separates us but we're joined together and adopted and chosen by god it's a beautiful truth that we can understand and know. And then the Holy Spirit seals us whom God promised, the text says. This is important because we can actually not only experience truth, but we can trust what God says he'll actually fulfill. He promised heaven. And guess what? We could trust him for heaven because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. He has proven to us over and over again that when he speaks, it is true. Even promising the Holy Spirit or promising that he will die and then rise again. This is the power of the resurrection and something we celebrate in the gospel. 
Warren Wiersbe said this, The Holy Spirit is God's first installment to guarantee to his children that he will finish his work and eventually uh, bring them to glory. You see, this word guarantee in the text, you can also uh, translate it, or some translations even say earnest or a down payment. It means that the Holy Spirit is like our down payment to guarantee the final payment of our future home. Our home is coming. The promises and the reality and the truth that God says is true. Just like an earnest payment for us is given when we buy a house to guarantee the final purchase of the piece of property. So the Holy Spirit is our earnest payment, our guarantee, our seal, our down payment that the realities that God says are actually true. God wants us to know that we are sealed by him and our promises and our uh, the promised future that we have is secured in him. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. God wants us to know that we have a glorious future in him. And this is why Paul, the apostle in chapter one says, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance through the Holy Spirit. He sealed it. He's guaranteed it. He gives us his spirit. God himself gives us God to seal us, to give us uh, security, comfort, um, a relationship, a guarantee. And so this is the gospel. Well, what are the implications of the gospel? What are the implications of being sealed by the spirit? I want to briefly go over five implications, truths that will encourage you today. Number one, being sealed by the spirit. Well, it speaks of a finished transaction. Now, even today, we know when we get legal documents signed, uh, they need to be sealed, uh, confirmed. We get important documents, legal documents. They're signed and they're sealed to validate them and make them official, right? It signifies that they're official and the transaction is complete. It's finished. And so too with our salvation. It's official. It's important business to God. He wanted to make sure that our salvation was sealed. So he sealed that finished work with the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to know the work is done to tell us die. It is finished. The, the veil was torn in two. We can have access to God now. And so being sealed by the spirit, it speaks of the finished transaction that God did. And so when we have the spirit of God living, dwelling with us, and we're speaking and praying in the spirit and, and, and speaking to God and have a relationship with him and, and abiding in Christ and bearing the fruit of the spirit, man, it's showing us and teaching us it is done. We are actually saved. There is a finished work that Christ did and we could bank on it. But it also implies ownership. That's the second thing the Holy Spirit seal on our lives as believers does. You see, God put a seal on every believer because he purchased every believer with his blood. That's what 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and many other verses say in the Bible, right? Let us not forget that we were once slaves of sin, but now we've been bought with his, a price and we're slaves of righteousness, the Bible says. God should not only be our savior, but he should be our Lord. He owns us. We are his sons and his daughters, and he is a good father that we want to obey and love and respond. And now that we have his spirit, we are actually empowered by his spirit himself to do his will and to walk in his word on this earth. He is a good master, and we thank him with our lives as a reasonable act of worship, Romans 12 one says, a living sacrifice. He owns us. He bots us. It implies ownership, a guarantee, a down payment that he actually has us. 
And so the work is finished. He owns us. The third thing I want you to think about being still with the spirit, it implies security and protection. Now you may remember the story of the resurrection in Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66. Uh, the Roman seal was stamped or put on the tomb of Jesus. Um, and it carried a specific meaning. Uh, people were worried about the prophecy of Jesus. He had actually said and prophesied that he would die and rise again. Uh, this was very so much common that the government of the time, the Roman Empire, realized this. They were scared someone would steal his body and say, hey, they're going to they're gonna try to fulfill this prophecy. And so they sealed the grave or sealed the tomb and tried to protect and secure the tomb that no one would take the body. You see, when they put that seal on it, they were in charge of securing it and protecting it. They would make sure that no one stole the body. They put Roman guards there. But we know, praise God, this was not nothing of man, but of God. And so no one could hold Jesus down and their seal, their security, their protection couldn't do anything against the power of God. But this principle is so important for us because just like the seal, that seal of and significance, we as believers have this protection and security, the seal of the Holy Spirit from God himself, not of man, but God, the most powerful being in the world has now sealed us by the Holy Spirit, which means he wants to protect and he is our security for our salvation. Warren Wiersbe said this, the believer belongs to God and is safe and protected because he is a part of the finished transaction. According to John 14, 16 and 17, the Holy Spirit now abides in every believer with us forever. Now, Paul would address this in Ephesians 4, 30. He would say you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit with your sinful actions and thereby lose maybe the blessings of his ministry. But the Bible talks clearly that we could, that God himself, the Holy Spirit, he will never leave us or forsake us, that we are protected and secured in him. And that's what the seal of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. It gives us confidence. We can now bear fruit as we abide in Christ, the fruit of the spirit. The fourth thing I want you to think about, or the implication of being sealed by the spirit is, uh, man, it implies authenticity. One commentator said, just as a signature on a letter attests to the genuineness of the document, so the presence of the Spirit proves the believer is genuine. Or to put it another way, Romans 8, 9 says this, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But those who do have the Spirit of Christ do belong to him. You see, having the Spirit of God shows us that we are truly saved and we bear fruit in him as we abide in Christ. Warren Wiersbe said, it is not simply our lip profession or religious activity or our good works, but the witness of the spirit that makes our profession authentic. God wants to make sure that you know that your relationship with him is real. And so we can trust not only another word for the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. We can trust the spirit of Christ that now dwells with us, that we have an authentic relationship with God. This is not a religious game. When you speak and pray in the spirit, you're talking to God for there is no mediator between God and man besides Christ Jesus. We don't have to pray to a saint. We don't have to do all this different stuff. We can go directly to God through uh, the spirit and talk to Jesus, our savior, and have a genuine, authentic relationship because we have been sealed by the spirit. You need to have confidence in that today. Well, lastly, 
Being sealed by the Spirit, it reminds us that our relationship is personal. It's not only authentic, but it's personal. This isn't just a legal transaction that we have been sealed, although that is important. But let us remember the Holy Spirit is God. He is a person and he dwells with us and he loves us. This word earnest uh, also can mean engagement ring, you know, like a, a wedding ring. Um, an engagement ring is given to someone you love and want to spend the rest of your life with in a covenant relationship. And the Bible often refers the church as the bride of Christ. God himself has given us the Holy Spirit because he wants to spend eternity, all eternity with us in a covenant relationship. And he's given us the Holy Spirit sealed us or given us a wedding ring as proof and showing off, hey, we're his. We have a relationship. Our relationship to God through Christ is not simply a commercial one, but also a personal experience of love now. That's what it means by being sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so, hey, be encouraged today. If you have put your faith in Jesus and repented and believed on Christ to take away your sin, that the work is finished, you are forgiven. You have been made spiritually born again and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And there are great implications of that, important implications that I wanted to encourage you with today. So read over Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 again. And you know what? At the end of that verse, it says it's to the praise and glory of God. Don't just read over it. Don't just listen to this devotional, but take time today to praise God that you have been saved through Jesus. All spiritual blessings and inheritance come through him by a gift of God, not of your own doing, but you boast in Christ and you can praise God for giving you access to him through the Holy Spirit. Enjoy your relationship with the spirit of God and may he teach you. May he comfort you. May he walk with you and empower you to do his will, and to bring glory to God. Pray that was an encouragement to you, and we'll see you in the next video.